Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. This is the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode number 142 Two. today. So the uh, so the documentation tells me. Uh, welcome along, everyone. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Paddy Buckley, and I'm Nate Dunn. Great to have both of you here. Now, uh, Paddy, you're oh. with uh, QuickFlix. Yes, I am. Tell us, tell us, uh, tell us where uh, QuickFlix fits into the uh, the technology world. So, QuickFlix is uh, an online streaming service. We stream uh, movies and TV shows. Cool. Well, we'll chat a little bit more about uh, QuickFlix later. It's been a while since we've uh, we've caught up and uh, and had an update. So, uh, look forward to that. And uh, Nate, where do you fit into the technology world? Where do I fit into technology? Lots of things. So, online, I'm Nate on Twitter, which is probably the most famous thing I've got. And I'm half of a company called Three Bit. We're a software development house, and we do a lot of zero stuff and all sorts of over all sorts of other fascinating things. So it's me. Great. Well, uh, great to have you both here. As uh, as it always is, having cool guests. Uh, now jumping in first up, we we do want to talk about uh, video on demand. That's uh, it was due to be sort of our main uh, discussion this evening. Uh, now we've uh, we've lost uh, Tim Martin uh, from. Um, uh, what's what's Tim's company called again? Coliseum. Coliseum. There we go. Coliseum Sports Media. Uh, these are the guys that have the uh, the contract for the uh, uh, English Premier League uh, soccer in New Zealand. They managed to um, scoot in and uh, and win those rights that previously uh, Sky TV had. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, for them, that's all about uh, you know digital uh, delivery. That's really the only way uh, that you can compete with the likes of uh, Sky TV. Uh, but of course, uh, your company, Paddy uh, Quickflix, which is in New Zealand, Australia, um, yours is another uh, video on uh, on demand uh, service. Now, uh, maybe you can uh, you can just update us on uh, on what's happening with. Uh, with with Quickflix, how do you know how do people access the content? What sort of content have you got available uh, today? Yep, sure. First thing I'd like to say, though, just back to Coliseum. Um, I very much like you to call it football rather than soccer. Otherwise, um, I'm afraid I'm going to walk out in the middle of your podcast <laughs> and uh, leave you stranded. You're in New Zealand now, P. Uh, you know, suck it up. <laughs> okay. Well, so look, um, back to QuickFlix, and um, look what we do. We we embed applications basically on uh, any number of connected devices so um smart tvs uh game consoles tablets um we have a website obviously you can watch through as well but um paul we were having this conversation just before we went online uh you know the idea for us is to move people away from uh watching on their computer uh, and move them towards their screen of choice so as i say at the moment we're on sony bravia connected tvs and blu-ray players home theater systems that kind of thing and then panasonic and samsung as well ios devices so ipads and things samsung tablets windows 8 um there's a windows 8 app which is which is nice and shiny uh and um yeah we have a little dongle a little little uh yeah uh, HDMI dongle and uh, you can just plug that straight into a uh, into, into a, a TV, TV right that's right yeah. sorry not, yeah. not into a smart TV into doesn't a normal TV any it TV. makes it smart yeah. uh, with HDMI it just needs doesn't it it yeah. just needs HDMI input. HDMI needs power though HDMI doesn't power uh, yep. anything as you know Nate um, so it's, it needs it, you can either USB it into the TV as well or put it, or plug it in well cool. the, the MHL uh, technology provides power to those sort of uh, sticks but I don't know if that particular one can be powered that way that one doesn't I haven't seen any HDMI sticks that that are powered. Okay. But okay. You, you have, obviously. You, you. Well, 
I, do, I haven't uh, I haven't actually tried that so uh, okay. but the, there you go mm. now uh, so a lot a lot of our listeners will be familiar with the concept of uh, of Netflix you know we talk about it quite often but really to get that service because it's you know it's, it's a US oriented service it's uh, you know there's a lot of hoops to jump through so the idea with QuickFlix is to deliver that style of sort of on-demand uh, content as well as pay-per-view content right to a local audience it's yeah. designed to be yeah, pretty easy to get up and running with a subscription and, yeah, and that's start right. accessing content yeah so the, the way it gen, uh, generally works is that you you'll you sign you go to the website quickfix.co.nz you create an account there's a free trial free, uh, free trial offer on the site and you you can then go go and fire up the app on any of the connected devices I think I missed out Xbox and PlayStation by the way uh, and you can go to any of the devices and you just go log in with your credentials and you're away so that's there are two elements to the service there's a subscription service where $14.99 a month for as much as you can watch from the subscription package but also for the newest release movies the studios don't give you those to put sort of put put into a subscription package so those are pay-per-view movies and those are $6.99 and um and you can get those as well so if you're having to walk down to the dvd store type thing just uh, straight in front of your machine now um we we had a few questions uh off twitter now one uh someone was asking around uh you know when are you going to be on freeview because there's this new uh, well, there's this technology now uh, in Freeview that allows you to bypass having to have a specific app, uh, you know, for a particular TV, and using the Freeview uh, technology and and specifically um, MHEC, um, it's possible to uh, yeah, basically for you to yeah push uh, an app of sorts down uh, to a TV. How's uh, where does that fit in for um, for QuickFlix? Yeah, that's exactly right. Look, Freeview is a, a really exciting play. Uh, for us to make uh, in NZ, I think there'll be something like a million, a million compatible devices when we when we launch. We're, we're hoping to launch later this year. Uh, we're in development at the moment. I've seen a demo app, and uh, it's all you know, it's going the way it should. Um, so it's pretty exciting. Um, and the way it's going to work is we're actually going to have a channel on the EPG. So it's going to be channel two hundred, and uh, you'll literally EPG being EPG, the, the electronic. The, program guide that's exactly right so uh, we're going to be there on the guide and uh, we'll have channel 200 and uh, you'll go to channel 200 and you'll be invited to sign into quickflix just to be clear quickflix on freeview unfortunately won't be free um it will be it'll effectively be like another device except that um you know just across a, a large number of them uh so you, you'll just look, sign in with your normal credentials and uh, you're away and any freeview device that connects Broadly, is the uh, is is a device that will be on. I think it's all the sort of my my Freeview HDs and the smart TVs that get Freeview as well. Uh, that kind so you guys of thing. must be pretty excited about this because it takes you from being sort of a bit of a niche of having to have the really nice TV or the Xbox or PlayStation. I'm sure there's a lot of mums and dads that don't have any of those devices to pretty much being nationwide exactly across right. everyone. Mm-hmm. Mainstream, yeah. I, that's yeah. I'd say that's right. So because I don't. Um, I haven't really been following this that closely so with my Freeview box so I've got it plugged in I, I go to channel 200 I'm assuming that I need some sort of network connectivity or how does like yeah, how so does it actually communicate back to, to, to you guys so well I, I guess let's talk about Freeview gen- generally rather than QuickFlix Freeview can go interactive and will go interactive in the next little while with us and, and I suspect there'll be there'll be some other uh, interactive uh, players that get involved um, that could be the free to air broadcasters doing catch up apps or you know potentially some, some other streaming services uh of any description um so so but they'll all have a channel and then and they'll all have a little there'll be a little 
it's called a sort of launcher application that'll be broadcast and I mean broadcast in the traditional sense and and when you go to the channel the launcher will sort of fire up and uh, and it'll tell the box to connect and 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 if it connects then um then it'll go off wherever it's told to and drag down the content. Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of potential for really what can be done with this. I saw a demo from uh, uh, guys in our building, WorldNet, who, uh, yeah, they've been, they've been sort of you know, coding something up, and they were showing sort of an example of what, uh, of what could be done. Now, I haven't seen uh, the QuickFlix uh, app just yet, but, yeah, it was quite cool just to you know, flick across to uh, uh, you know, this channel, and uh, you know, up it comes, able to uh, stream all sorts of content. And and it might be in the future that it's not just quick flicks that it's you know free content. There are other pay providers. I mean, there's all sorts of potential for it. Uh, but it's you know certainly great to see you guys uh, you know pushing down that track. And uh, you know likely you'll be uh, you know you'll be the first or, or one of the one of the first to uh, you know to do this and to utilise the uh, uh, Freeview platform in this way. Yeah. The only other thing to add is that is that the technology supports both on demand and straight uh you know live streaming or linear streaming so uh it can it can do a bit of everything and it supports both satellite and terrestrial i think it's just the terrestrial okay at the moment but i'm not 100 percent. but what i do know is in terms of numbers the latest numbers out of freeview are about a million devices so you know big numbers yeah cool so it sounds uh sounds good and terrestrial for those who don't know it means there's a aerial attached to your tv or to your roof rather than uh satellite uh now there was we had one or two other questions, didn't we? So uh, one of the one of the other questions was around: uh, Is there likely to be, as we've seen um, Netflix doing in the states, have you know been actually creating some of their own content? Is that something that's a possibility with uh, with with QuickFlix? Is that something you're looking into? Look, I love the idea of doing that. I think that you know there's a danger that we try and run a bit fast before we can walk properly. Um, down here but look, look things are going reasonably well for us we're we're in growth mode and uh, you know we've covered a lot of devices and I think now the thing we really need to focus on is, is, is the content side of things and just trying to get as much content in that people really want to watch make the service as compelling as possible I think it's that kind of thing before we then start looking at, at, at you know other areas but I mean in theory absolutely no reason at all why we couldn't look at, at, at getting some content commissioned right and and from that content perspective um, you know we certainly you know when when you started there wasn't a whole lot of uh, you know a whole lot of content within that uh, subscription uh, service and even through the other uh, providers you know how you're going are we going to see more announcements in the next little while around uh, you know are you working on on other deals and so on are we going to see you know a lot more be uh, become available through quickflix yeah look, we've, we've got a we've actually got a, a whole lot of things that we'll be announcing over the next little while um, so I expect, I hope very much that you'll see us in the news uh, for all the right reasons very soon. Um, but yeah, a lot of lot of really interesting things coming up. Uh, some little things, some big things, uh, and some just fun things and exciting things. So there's a, there's a lot going on. Uh, and yeah, I hope to be able to report back uh, very soon on a number of those things. Great. Well, it's, uh, it's you know certainly good to see uh, you know see things you know, heating up in terms of uh, uh, yeah video on uh, on demand options for uh, for the New Zealand market so uh, we wish you all the best and uh, next week we uh, we plan to uh, to talk to uh, Tim from uh, who's a CEO at, uh, at at Coliseum Sports Media and uh, we'll hear a little bit from uh, from their side of the fence in terms of uh, uh, you know how they're planning to uh, to deliver uh, the football the to football. us Paddy excellent. the football excellent I think you should call it football next week as well Paul <laughs> All right. Uh, now, 
quite a few gadgets have sort of been uh, yeah flying flying in the door lately. Some we haven't actually had our hands on. Uh, so there was a there was a big announcement uh, last week from the folks at uh, Motorola. Now this was uh, this has sort of been their their big uh, device or, or handset announcement since uh, Google bought them. I think going back around 14, uh, 14 months ago. Uh, the uh, the Moto X. Now this is uh, is a somewhat unique uh, beast in a number of ways. Uh, first of all, uh, certainly for the U.S. market, it's actually being manufactured in the uh, in the U.S. and we haven't seen that sort of thing uh, really going on for uh, you know it's been been a long time since we've seen uh, um, yeah U.S. manufacturing of uh, of much in the way of uh, of technology. Uh, and also interestingly, they've uh, they've come up with lots and lots of options in terms of colours of cases and you know sort of personalisation options, uh, you know even options to sort of uh, you know um, uh, not just choose colour but there's you know wooden case options and you can have something uh, uh, yeah printed onto the uh, the case and so on. Uh, but it's not really top end in terms of specs, but it's designed to have uh, have a very long battery life. Nate, what's your uh, what's your pick on the Moto X? Is this uh, is this a device that's uh, that's jumped out for you? It's certainly got a huge amount of uh, media attention in in the US. A lot of people were waiting on this as the as the big the you know the big launch. Uh, is this going to uh, is this really going to work for uh, for Motorola? Because they haven't been a, such a strong brand in recent years. No, they they sort of um, if they didn't impro- uh, sorry not improvise if they didn't innovate, yeah, they'd become sort of the uh, the next ones behind BlackBerry. I think. Um, no, it looks like a very very nice phone. I think um, Android manufacturers in general are, are starting to wake up to the fact that consumers don't just want um, power and a really good battery life. They actually want something that looks really good. That when you're out for dinner with friends, you can pull out your phone, and if they've got the iPhone five or the HTC One, is it actually one with a nice silver back? Patty's got one um, right here. You know, they're really good, nice-looking phones. And, yeah, this really nice-looking phone. Whether I'd go for one, probably not. I'm probably so entrenched in the uh, Galaxy S series that it'd be hard for me, for me to swap across. But I don't know. If I had a bit of a play with one for a couple of weeks, maybe you might convince me to swap across. Yeah, because we're talking about a 4.7-inch uh, a screen uh, with with an HD display, not a full HD display. So it's a it's a... You know, step down to what was normal last year, uh, but they say that that really helps on the battery life by running it at 720p rather than having a, uh, uh, you know, a, a 1080p. Uh, do you type, really need a 1080? Do you really need a 1080p screen? Well, I would actually agree with them. Their their point that um, most people aren't, you know, going to uh, get a mind too much either way. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I I think actually uh, the the 720p is. Is a good sort of sweet spot to uh, to go for. I wonder how many other people are in the same instance as I am. For example, with my S4, you've got all the really nice features, but if you have them on, your battery life is pretty much rubbish. And so I've got to the fact where all the nice features are off just so I can, you know, get a good decent amount of battery so I can use it all morning. And then if we go out for drinks with friends in the evening, my phone still has charge. So, yeah, do you really need the HD screen? Are you? What's the compromise between battery and, and looking really pretty? What's your pick, Patty? You're using the HTC One, which has a full HD screen, uh, gorgeous-looking phone. But um, yeah, how important is that uh, that screen to you? Well, I really enjoy the screen, but um, I'm probably not quite the power user that that, that Nate is. But look, I, I think I think on the on the. I mean, I, I get a full day out of my HTC One, and I'm very happy with it. But um, 
back to the Modo X, I think that it's um, I think it's probably a, a more sort of twenty to thirty type demographic. I think it's a slightly lower, more likely to be a slightly lower price point. I think it it's a bit a bit fun and quirky, a bit innovative, uh, certainly in terms of sort of smartphones, um, and. Yeah, look, I think I think it's um, it's going to be really interesting. I, I think it's it's potentially going to going to be a little bit disruptive, which uh, which is a good thing. I guess the question is, um, yeah, who who will pick it up for uh, for the New Zealand market because it takes the, uh, the you know the carriers to uh, to jump on board. Now, I haven't had a chance to uh, to tracking them down and uh, and to, you know find out where they're at on that. Uh, uh, that process, there's not a huge amount of representation from uh, Motorola in uh, in New Zealand anymore. Uh, so th- I think there's a little bit of wait and see there. Uh, no, yeah, as I say, no announcements yet. Uh, in the US, in the US market, they've got an exclusive uh, with AT and T. Uh, but yeah, overall, I, yeah, I, th- I think as you say, this is sort of a quite a sweet spot probably for a, a reasonably broad audience. And uh, um, yeah, it's not quite at the top end, but um, Realistically, not everyone buys that uh, that top end of phone. There's a lot more people buying a cheaper phone. Uh, so yeah, you're talking about a, a phone with a um, 10 megapixel uh, camera, yeah, full HD uh, video recording, and uh, I think they're launching it with Android 4.22, uh, but that's going to update to uh, Android 4.3 later. Uh, so yeah, overall looks good. Um, I don't think it's got a micro SD slot, so you can't expand the storage. You get the uh, 16 or or 32 that it comes with uh, to start with. And uh, knowing what's happened in the past, we'll probably only see one of those models uh, land in New Zealand, uh, more than likely the uh, the 16, but who knows, could be the uh, 32. Paul, uh, just, for, just for a second, back to, um, well, you mentioned top-end smartphones. The one that's really caught my eye uh, upcoming is the, is the announcement for the new LG phone, the G2. I don't know if you've been following this. It's going to be announced on, I think, Thursday afternoon, New Zealand time. Mm. Yeah, that looks pretty good. It's got a, um, a nice, big, high-definition uh, display, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's five inches, but with no very or very little bezel. Um, but the interesting thing to me is more a sort of a, a sort of fundamental question about whether LG can crack the the premium end of the market. Um, you know, I I, I th- I'd like to see them do it um, mainly because I think that it's good to keep the keep Samsung, Apple on their toes. We've seen a, we've seen a little bit of uh, interest so recently. You know, the HTC One's come along; it's a great handset and it's done really well. Sony, they're ho- I mean, they're, you know, they're obviously big being Sony, but in the mobile market or in the smartphone market, you know, they've come out with the Xperia Z, which is you know a great handset, and they've they've done really well with it. So there's no reason I don't think why a big manufacturer can't come out with a decent phone uh, and and actually make a bit of a splash. So. Yeah, yeah, and what what we've been hearing recently is that the uh, the market share that's been uh, uh, with Apple and with Samsung in the in the past, uh, their market share overall, uh, I think recently went down from forty eight to forty three percent if okay. th- those two mm-hmm. brands combined. So that says that uh, yeah, these other brands are starting to uh, are starting to win a bit of space. Yeah, and it, yeah, it did seem for a while like uh, you know if. Uh, yeah, if you wanted to have the the smartphone, it had to be an iPhone five, or it had to be a uh, a Samsung. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, yeah, people are getting um, well, getting a little bit picky and and saying, well, actually, I might might actually like to uh, choose something a bit different. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so maybe you'll talk about the LG G two next week after it's been announced. And yeah, well, we're certainly looking for a, for a few more. Now, I thought the screen size was uh, was bigger than that. I know it's got a big. Uh, 2600 uh, 2610 milliamp hour battery 
and uh, yeah, for some reason I thought it was uh, was bigger. They're calling it a phablet. So yeah, you might uh, be right then. Um, I thought so, it was five inches, but it, it, yeah, you might be right. It I, might be bigger. I, th- I think it. I do think it's bigger. But it, um, I, I think one of their sort of selling points is going to be the fact that with a very very slim bezel, it doesn't feel quite as big as some of the other devices with that screen size yeah we're hearing uh, 5.2 inch okay. uh, as a display 30 megapixel uh, camera but yeah of course we, when we get the official word we will uh, we'll have it in stone so um, yeah now in terms of other phones uh, now we've got here the uh, the Galaxy S4 Active uh, which is very similar to the existing Galaxy S4 uh, but um, yeah a few changes it's got a 8 megapixel instead of 13 megapixel camera that's on the uh, the GS4. Nate, you've got them side by side. A little bit bigger, a little bit longer, a little bit heavier. A little bit bigger, a little bit fatter, a little bit heavier. But Nate, you can put it in your glass of water, right? Yeah, I often think that. I think my phone gets really dirty. I'd like to give it a bit of a scrub with soap and water, so that would be nice. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it, it's uh, we're starting to sort of see a little bit of a trend to, you know, features like the, the waterproof sort of ion coating and, and uh, you know, protection for the various parts of the phone so you can, can put them underwater and uh, yeah it's good to see Samsung coming on board uh, with this I mean th- there's not a whole lot of compromise you're uh, you're really adding that sort of water and dust proofness to uh, to yeah what's um, one of the top selling phones in the world right now would it be safe to say uh, and I'm making wild assumptions here but m- most of the phones that would go for cell phone repairs I'm assuming would be water damage you're going out boating or um, a classic one friends of ours their um, kid thought he'd be um, helpful and took his mum's phone and gave it a bit of a wash in the uh, basin in the bathroom as you do as a two-year-old or three-year-old yeah I mean it's a it's a pretty common issue it really it really is you know who hasn't had a had a phone or a gadget at some stage get uh, get damaged by water so looking around the room uh, Patty uh, uh, yeah maybe maybe yeah. maybe an old iPod yeah, so I, th- I mean, I think most people probably had an issue with that. So, uh, you know, it's a good trend. I mean, it's very different to the Sony Xperia Z, which is a is a pretty awesome phone, uh, you know, in itself and stands up pretty strongly in, in specs. Um, I was playing with one uh, last week, and uh, and I've always been a fan of uh, of Sony uh, digital cameras, and uh, yeah, a little bit of their sort of um, camera heritage, I suppose, came through in that phone in terms of uh, some of the shots I got so I was, I was quite pleased with it I'm quite I'm quite surprised with it being waterproof you'd, you'd straight away think it'll be massive bulky and just outright hideous but it's actually n- up close you notice the differences but from far away you it would actually be quite hard to tell them apart and not that much different Nate do you think that actually Samsung handsets could almost do with being a little bit sort of more solid um, yeah, well, I, my big complaint, I've, I've stepped through the whole series from one to four, and, and my big complaint has been that um, the one was, uh, sorry, the two had nice solid edges, the three just had sort of what I felt were just cheap, and they were very curved, which I didn't like, and I really like the four just because of the nice solid edges, it's nice and light, Yeah. although I know um, iPhone users find that the phone's probably too big and too light, um, but all in all, I find it's a great hand, probably my favorite handset of all the smartphones i've had to date if i'm honest and just throwing in 4g and the htc one is a fantastic handset my business partner's actually gotten and loves his htc one and he actually bought it from the warehouse which just boggles the mind um because that was the cheapest retailer at the time to get it from did he get a bargain he did get a bargain and um i had to i had to replace my ipod and cheapest place to get it was the warehouse brilliant what's going on so 
be a blatant plague for the warehouse, I think. Oh, well, good on them. Good on them. Good on them. Uh, everyone loves a... Uh, <laughs> right now, where 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 were we? Uh, um, so a few other gadgets. Um, so the the Galaxy S four Active. I mean, another four uh, G uh, phone. Uh, as far as uh, you know, four G LTE network from uh, from Vodafone. Nate, you're a big fan of uh, Vodafone's um, anyone <laughs> LTE network. Yeah. Before you're loving all the uh, high speed that you're getting on uh, anyone LTE when you're in the right area. That's they're yeah, expanding it pretty quickly. Well, this comes across as being a, a typical Jaffa where I don't really leave the central Auckland or any other areas that have four G. Um, and if anyone follows me on Twitter, they'll see that my tweet stream quite recently has just turned into a massive. Um, fanboy of Vodafone's 4G I think the fact for me is especially when you're out and about and I pair I'll often have my laptop and I'll pair it with whatever smartphone I've got with me it's normally very slow and just usable whereas you pair it with a 4G device and it's as fast if not faster than using your laptop at the office it is just Amazing, and you don't do it enough that it uh, messes up your uh, data plan because that's, I would guess, one of the yeah the flip side of having really really fast data is you can go through it pretty quickly. And, yeah, uh, yeah, we don't have massive data plans in New Zealand just yet, and as a general rule, yeah. And the, the <laughs> funny thing with anyone, I think anyone who has a four G handset would have done this is you install speedtest.net and you go, oh look at this, and do a speed test. And after doing that two or three times, and you've gone through half, if not three quarters, of your cap. You then just start showing people screenshots because it doesn't use as much data. Yeah, the speed test actually uh, can 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 use a little bit as we found when we were doing our speed test uh, last year. I've or- done I've done a few um few speed tests on four G as well, and while I think it's great, I'm, I get pretty variable upload speeds. Uh, so download speeds are always good, but uploads are you know as a sort of a percentage of download, it it, it it's all over the place. Mm, mm. Um, I don't know a huge amount about four G, but I think, I mean, anything mobile will, uh, you know, will depend on how many people are connected. And, yeah, I mean, there's a whole range of factors in there. Um, Now, the other device we're going to mention is the uh, Galaxy S4 Mini. Uh, it's not particularly mini. It's got a 4.3 inch screen, uh, but that's just uh, just landed as well. So, uh, so that's out there for people. Who maybe want something that's a, um, you know, not not uh, quite as big as the Galaxy S4 and uh, and priced down a little bit. What sort uh, of what sort of specs are we talking? Other than the reduced size, is it? Otherwise? Um, so you're talking about a um, a 4.3 inch screen, which you know when you when you talk about mini. It doesn't seem that many, but it does actually feel, uh, what's the word? It, it feels quite uh, dinky uh, when you've been carrying around a really big phone. Uh, and yeah, I tend to yeah, carry a mix of uh, multiple phones and yeah, I quite like the uh, the size of it. It's more uh, in line with the, uh, well, it's a bit smaller than the Galaxy uh, S, S, uh, S3 even. Um, you've got uh, eight megapixel camera um now I'm not sure I if it's uh if it's 4g actually I think the variant in New Zealand is 4g um, and it's a lower definition uh, screen as well I think it's uh, slightly less than uh, than HD or uh, or 720p in terms of resolution um, so it is definitely a lower end uh, lower end you know device in a, in a number of uh, number of regards um, and actually it is definitely it is um, LTE or, or 4G uh, capable so uh, yeah I think it's I mean it, it's smart what uh, Samsung are doing having devices at a range of levels so yeah they can really suit a broad range of uh, you know, consumers 
and you know, I think people want to have whatever the latest is. And with Samsung at the moment, that's the that's the S4, uh, and and some will be uh, you know, happy to have one of those uh, variants, a lower cost one, or they want the waterproof one and and the active. So uh, yeah, I think it makes some sense. Either of you uh, keen on a smaller phone? You're pretty happy with uh, you know the, what you've got. No, pretty. I'm pretty happy with mine. I had the Galaxy Tab, and was going to upgrade to the Galaxy Tab too. But then I was finding that Note, Galaxy uh, yeah, Note. sorry, Galaxy Note, and um, I was just finding that I the, the screen on my S4 is big enough that I can do pretty much everything I want to do on the tablet. So I ended up selling the tablet and not bothering upgrading because the phone was big enough. Right. Yeah. Look, I, yeah, it's a good size. Yeah, I think that. Um, I find occasionally I find with a big screen, a, a big smartphone screen, sort of, you know, 4.8 or 7 or up to 5 inches that you've got to sort of move it around in your hand a little bit sometimes to just do what you want or sometimes you need two hands. Uh, so it's not perfect, but all of those things to me are far outweighed by the joy of just having a big screen and browsing on it or, you know, whatever else you do on your phone. Uh, it's just always just miles better on a big screen. Mm. So, you know, it, I, I don't know that there's a there's a perfect solution out there no I think I mean everyone will have their uh, it's your personal ha- preference isn't it ha- have their personal preference and the, you know the good thing is right now that we've got a lot of options in terms of types of smartphones uh, operating systems uh, you know form factors all, all sorts really it's uh, yeah it's a I think it's a great uh, position to be in and uh, you know long may the competition uh, continue I'm sure a few of the players will you know fall out over time and won't uh, you know continue to stay uh uh, profitable, but uh, yeah, for now it's uh, it's definitely pretty good. Now, a uh, couple of other things on uh, on the agenda. Uh, one is a, a camera that uh, we were having a little play around with earlier, the uh, Panasonic uh, DMC FZ70. Uh, now we don't expect you to remember that name, but the one thing that's memorable uh, about this camera is it's got a 60 times optical zoom. Now I've never seen anything quite like it before. I think there are some 50 times optical zoom uh, cameras out in the market. Uh, I haven't actually played with one of those, but uh, 60 times optical zoom on this new Panasonic, which I think launches uh, next month, uh, launches in sort of te- September uh, time frame. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty phenomenal for really uh, you know zooming in on stuff a million uh, well not quite a million miles away. Um, Patty, you had a little play with it with uh, you know. Looking down the motorway, is it a little bit like holding a uh, telescope or binoculars to your eyes or something? It really was. It was amazing. I just pointed it out the window and, uh, yeah, zoomed zoomed into the max and, uh, yeah, I was amazed. Um, Paul, you said you were playing with it on the beach over the weekend, which was a concern, but we're in the winter, so I think everything is all right. Um, I was good. I was good. Uh, but yeah, the one the one thing is it does have um, optical image stabilization, so it helps with those sort of hand movements. Which obviously just a, a small movement when you're zoomed in that far, you know, can just move you completely, you know, away to a to another uh, location or frame. Uh, so you know, ideally for that sort of level, you'd want. Uh, You'd want to use it, you know, a, a, a tripod or yeah, at least a monopod or something. But uh, um, the optical image stabilization definitely uh, definitely helps. I think it's sixteen point one megapixels, so yeah, it's a, a, a reasonable resolution. Um, and I haven't had any confirmed pricing, but we're hearing uh, US uh, four hundred. So by the time GST and everything else, uh, you know, lands in there, we're probably talking you know six to seven hundred at the most. I would think in uh, in New Zealand. So at the at the higher end for these sort of um, um, you know, 
smaller uh, uh, digital cameras, but I think there's room for it. Well, that said, it's not that small. Once you uh, once you zoom in that far, the uh, the lens really pops out. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, small was not one word that I uh, instantly or came to mind when I had a. Had yeah, it looks it, a bit more like a digital SLR, doesn't it? But you yeah. can't take the uh, you, you can't change the lens. But also, just a big wow factor. I thought it was amazing. Mm. Uh, now, Chromecast. Now, guys, we've uh, all had a little bit of a look and sort of been been following uh, uh, this announcement uh, from uh, from Google uh, about a week ago, and uh, there there are a few things that uh, that stood out. So, Chromecast is all about uh, similar to what we were talking about before, sort of a stick that plugs into the uh, uh, the HDMI port on your uh, on your on your TV, uh, and uh, ba- basically it, uh, it lets you you know stream or push a whole lot of uh, uh, content up to your TV uh, in some ways a little bit like what uh, Apple does with their Apple TV uh, on an iPhone you can uh, mirror what's on your on your phone uh, up to uh, up to the TV that's also got uh, apps and, and, and so on uh, built in uh, now we haven't seen this uh, launched locally yet but it was announced in the US the crazy bit was the price uh, launch price of uh, 35 US dollars uh, and for the first few days, they were giving away uh, also three months worth of Netflix subscription, which was worth about twenty-four dollars uh, with it. So you you were talking, uh, you know, eleven dollars. Uh, well, yeah, thirty-five dollars less. You know, if you take out that twenty-four dollars worth of value, um, they were virtually giving it away, uh, which meant they got a huge number of orders. Now, uh, funny how that works. Yeah, yeah. So uh, pretty soon they got rid of that free offer because they realised how hey, it's working. Everyone's buying it. Um, Nate, what's your uh, what's your pick on this? Is uh, is it is it something that's going to be relevant to the broader audience, or is it mainly uh, you know for uh, yeah for your tech head uh, type type audience? See, I th- I think the the trick to getting this the ability to stream, you know, you're jumping your TV's jumping over from being just a a, a dumb TV to being a smart TV with the addition of this of a device like this. I think the key is just making it really easy, a really cheap price point, which Google's ticked both the boxes on that. Um, one of the features that I really like um, on my PS3 is the YouTube app. Um, I'll search for a, a video on my a, a documentary or a program that someone has not really legally uploaded to YouTube and then send it to uh, my PS3. Um, this would be the same you just plug it into your tv you can not only share that particular content you can watch uh, netflix on it uh, google play any of the apps um, within google chrome i think this is a fantastic little device and i was i was amazed at the price point 35 dollars like for example i'm using a roku which is a, a device you can import and you can't buy them here you can import them in from the states and they retail for about 100 120 dollars and this is 35 like that's a huge well, no, the Roku starts at forty nine dollars and goes up oh, to ninety nine. Oh, yeah, basically. Um, so, you know, when you look at that forty nine dollar one, that um, you know, in, in many ways has uh, uh, you know more to offer than the, the uh, Chromecast in terms of apps and and other bits and pieces. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's not maybe quite a, quite as uh, much of a steal. Uh, once you have a sort of a close comparison, uh, but there are some interesting things. For instance, you you know you uh, you'll be able to push Netflix content up, or you know various types of content up from your uh, say your handset or your tablet onto the Chromecast. But then you'll be able to turn that handset or tablet off, so the uh, the Chromecast will actually pick up the whole job of you know picking the signal up off Wi-Fi and putting it onto TV. Um, what we don't know is you know just how good 
how well it performs in terms of you know with streaming video often these sort of uh, dongle type things are a bit underpowered in terms of uh, you know processing and particularly video processing so uh, you know the the picture quality is not that uh, not that great what's your thought Patty is it, is it going to be um, useful yeah look I think I think um, you know a lot of the main uh, discussion is really around just trying to find the the most simple way to get content onto your main screen uh, you know there's a time where you actually don't you you know you want it just on your tablet if you're not near your main screen but but you know if you have a smart TV sometimes still the interface bit clunky with a remote control and you know all sorts of things like that I don't think anyone has yet completely nailed the sort of the smart side of of TVs and that's where these things can come in because if you're actually controlling them from you know your your you're moving around from your iPad or whatever or your uh, you know your Android tablet and you're just able to push it over to your TV I think I think that's that's potentially pretty exciting the thing is as, as you guys have both already said this isn't actually new technology but what they've done is is make something very small that looks you know looks looks a bit cute and uh, you know given it a, a, a ridiculous price point and um, and because it's Google, it's got a you know huge amount of attention. Mm. Now, a um, couple of other things to uh, to cover off. Uh, I've been looking at a new TomTom Tom, uh, GPS. Now, this is a full blown unit that uh, hooks in a new car. Um, now, I can guess- I wait in about the TomToms? <laughs> Paul looks at me with a, a mixture of surprise and, and fear. Um, I've got a TomTom Tom unit. Um, which they've asked me to review and on a bit of a side note um, fantastic little unit and I've used it but just I think the relevance point of the the time I've got it's just not there anymore because you've got Google Maps I was going to ask you the same point is actually just moving I mean let's talk about the Tom Tom thing by, with pleasure but um, as Nate and I just hijacked the NZ tech Sorry, podcast, but, <laughs> but but I mean isn't the more interesting question the one to say well is there a place for GPS type devices now when you know smartphones can do it all and and there are a lot of free apps out there but then if you're prepared to pay 20 or 30 bucks you can you can get all the sort of apps that you can download and all, all you know offline uh, stuff to save your data and all mm. sorts of things mm. and there, there I gather I've got I've got a mate who's just downloaded some maps for 30 bucks and onto his iPhone and says it's just the best thing ever yeah it's, a, it's actually a really good discussion and this was you know one that I heard from uh, Tom Tom on and uh, I guess the point is that lots and lots of people are still buying these for all sort, you know, all sorts of reasons. Um, what, one of them being they don't want to, uh, you know, necessarily use up the, uh, you know, the, the battery on the smartphone. Um, what, but what I found quite uh, unique, and I, you know, I use uh, smartphone apps when, uh, when, when uh, for uh, you know GPS and navigation purposes in the past. Uh, but uh, having this thing plugged in all the time and uh, yes having it linked up to my phone so it can get uh, live traffic feeds uh, it's really really easy got a big touch screen they're they're a bit smarter and easier to use than what they used to be with the previous you know generations Uh, it's like using a tablet or a smartphone Um, I was able to quickly save the general places I go and you can sort of pinch and zoom as well to pick new places to go Uh, so I've been using it for most of my journeys and I was quite surprised one morning to find that, uh, yeah, based on traffic and other things, it took me a completely different way to work that I've never, ever considered going. And I was there was a bit of fear and trepidation as I, uh, you know, followed its guidance. But uh, sure enough, it, sure enough, it uh, it got me there in uh, in quite good time. And uh, there is actually some, uh, you know, some convenience out of having a device that's 
really easy to use and uh, and really consistent. So, yeah, it seems like the I mean the market is still uh, is still open to people buying these sorts of things. Uh, there's a few areas that have changed, like you know the the traffic stuff just being available. Uh, I think the traffic side of it's available free, sort of ongoing. Certainly the map updates are you know for life, whereas it used to be you'd get you know one or two free map updates if anything. And uh, and that was it. So they're starting to move with uh, with the times. But yeah, I, w- I was actually um, I was reasonably impressed with it. If you're, uh, you know, the thing for me is I'm just not sure whether I want to have a gadget sort of stuck to the corner of my windscreen and plugged into uh, you know plugged into power all the all the time. But uh, that's what I have been doing for the past week or two. And uh, yeah, no no uh, no big complaints. And and as I say, it has been helpful on a, on a few of my journeys with. Um, you know, guessing or, or telling me what's up ahead effectively and making the decision for me as to which way to get to work quicker. What's the TomTom's, because um, one of my biggest complaints about the TomTom is especially when trying to find an address is you've got to go Auckland, say, um, no, it doesn't have any of those issues all that anymore. sort of stuff. So the you, new you, version doesn't yeah, have Yeah, you just start typing in the, uh, you know, on the screen. You can even pinch and zoom. If you know where you're going on a map, you can just go there and click, you know, hold your finger down and then just tell it to navigate there. But you can also start typing in, in an address. So you want to go to number one Queen Street, um, you know, it'll have a look around. Or you want to go to, you know, X Colombo Street, where, you know, wherever you are. And it bases its answers based on what's near to you. Oh, cool. uh, so yeah, if you wanted to go, you know, 500 k's, and you're picking the the end destination, you might have to scroll through the list. But it's got the full database for uh, you know for New Zealand in there, and it'll it'll tell you things about you know toll roads and tunnels, and you know if you've got to catch the ferry to get from you know one part of the country to another, etc. So uh, what's yeah. its what's its um sort of fuzzy searching like? Let's say find me the nearest Carl's Junior for one of a better uh, yeah. I don't know whether Carl's Junior is on there, but they do seem to have a reasonably big database. I think it's updated every with the map update every three you know three months uh so yeah they're uh they're you know it's reasonably good in uh in those those sort of regards um 349 i think for the five inch and uh 50 more for the one with the six inch um you know touch screen display sounds pretty cool because yeah I'm, i think one of the first um well one of my f- first devices i was most proud of was a, a navman i bought big screen and the ability that you didn't have to use and this shows my age having to use a map book you could just type in the address and it would magically find its way and if you took what's the a wrong map book turn, yeah uh, i think it was the same sort of era as cassette tapes um and if you took the wrong turn it would reroute you how amazing how amazing how we've come to uh, expect and rely on uh, on technology uh now so uh that's um that's tom tom gps uh now one more oh one one more little uh, little announcement actually uh before we go any further is uh we mentioned last week launching a new podcast a new zealand business podcast uh, that has now launched so um if you know anyone who's into business but uh maybe isn't into podcasts yet we'd love you to uh to tell them about it um get get the word out there if you like listening to podcasts um you probably shared the nz tech podcast with every uh you know uh, person you know who's interested in uh, in tech stuff, but now we've got another one for you to uh, to share around. So um, yeah, we'd we'd appreciate that. We've already um, done quite well on iTunes actually over the last few days. Uh, on uh, Saturday, I think before we'd actually officially announced our our launch or really put anything out there, um, uh, enough people were sort of having a look in, and we were placed number uh, three on uh, on iTunes across you know all categories. And uh, today we hit uh, we hit number two. So I'm not sure we'll go any higher, but uh, yeah, pretty pleased with that. And number one in the um, in the business category for uh, for New Zealand. I think to be fair, the reason it's gone so well is because I'm on the second podcast. That has nothing to do with Rod Drury or Zero. It's because I was there. 
Yeah, well, it was all, all about you, it. but we—I mean—we have got some uh, two really cool uh, epi- episodes uh, there, and yeah, Rod Drury being on uh, on one, and the other being a, uh, a leadership event uh, led by um, gold medalist uh, Hamish Carter, um, which is was was quite an interesting listen as well. So, uh, yeah. so how often do you? How often is the NZ Business Podcast going out? You think we're we're aiming to get out uh, twenty four episodes per year, so that's what we're uh, that's what we're targeting. We will we will see how we go. Uh, NZ Tech Podcast, um, you know, we'll, we'll be staying uh, weekly, uh, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, scheduling and, uh, and and getting that uh, getting that in on that sort of uh, probably every, yeah every two to three weeks type basis. And it's on iTunes. It is. It's on iTunes, and it's at uh, nzbusinesspodcast.com dot oh, okay. uh, So we're pretty easy to track down. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, now one one more thing. Um, there, there's um, there's been some. Uh, some events on recently in the uh, in the security world, and uh, at uh, at one event that's just happened in uh, Las Vegas at DefCon uh, DefCon Twenty One, uh, there's been an interesting reveal around um, routers and uh, the security risks that are uh, that are that are associated with them, and uh, it appears a lot of these sort of uh, you know standard routers that you know we buy or we get given free by our internet providers when we sign up actually have some uh, major uh, security limitations. Uh, you know, with the the, uh, the list that I looked at include ones from Asus and uh, D-Link, uh, TrendNet, uh, but they're, they're you know potentially a whole lot more because they haven't tested uh, all of the ones that are available. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically some uh, security holes that would allow people to uh, quite easily get into your uh, router, maybe start listening in on uh, on your your communications and uh, and bits and pieces. Nate, is this something that's uh, that's a big concern? What are your thoughts? Um, yes, it is. Uh, if someone gets on your Wi-Fi, um, there's all sorts of fun things they can do from running your cap over to downloading copyrighted material, which is then going to get you a nice little summon. Um, to all sorts of other nasty things. I think from the that article that's there, or the article that's in our notes, it, it's the fact that they've identified these vulnerabilities, but the manufacturers are, are pretty um, pretty lax about bringing quite, out quite new firmware to, um, yeah. to lock them down. So. Yeah, this was an article we found at uh, cnet.com, uh, and yeah, quite an interesting write-up, a little bit of a... Uh, uh, a video about the topic too. So, if you're interested, uh, well, well worth a uh, well worth the look. If you're interested in security and uh, yeah, trying to avoid uh, yeah having your own network uh, compromised, etc. I think Wi-Fi is a um, a bit of an interesting beast in the fact that you can lock it down, but then if you can't get your devices connected onto it, you'll then flick the security right down to the lowest, or even flick it off just to get your devices on. Then you sort of think, well it's on and it's working and I'm away and I actually had a classic example on the weekend where I was at my brother-in-law's for dinner and he just bought an iPad for his kids and thought his iPad was on the wireless because the internet was working when actually it was using 3G and $700 of two degrees data later. Ouch. Um, Ouch. Yeah, so it was a, a pretty, well, pretty simple, th- and I... There, are, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of potential mistakes and not just for uh, not just for new players, right? The, these yeah. things can happen to... Uh, uh, you know, to to anyone for sure. Uh, now, one uh, one last uh, topic that does relate uh, quite closely to that is um, 
actually we, we, we chatted about this briefly I think Vodafone's 4G access point um, we're probably out of time to give it a full uh, a full review this week uh, but we will come back to that we'll uh, we'll put that on the uh, on the schedule for next time and we'll uh, we'll dive in and and tell you about that um, I'm looking seems- forward to this Vodafone sponsorship since we keep just pushing Vodafone <laughs> and 4G I'll just take oh, oh, we, like the Vodafone tattoo we slate them when they when they deserve it so uh, yeah Nate, last time I was on this with you, actually, we talked about uh, cars and we just talked to, uh, we were a little bit late uh, to the party about uh, Tesla, Tesla Motors, who I think would be another ideal sponsor for the uh, NZ Tech podcast. I'm sure they're listening from uh, California. I'll try and rig rig that up for my trip to uh, California uh, next month. So uh, yeah, wait wait and see how I I go with uh, Tesla. They've got an all-wheel drive sedan just coming out, Paul, and uh, merging seamlessly into the uh, business talk of uh, for the NZ Business Podcast, they've just announced their first profitable quarter. I read yesterday. I think or I, earlier. I saw a video too, with, and I'll just quickly get this done. Um, Tesla, they, they showed a video. They released a video showing their um, their um, product line, not product line, their um, production line, and it showed how they had multiple robots doing um, a whole lot of different tasks by picking up different. It was just. Jump on you. I'll, I'll tweet later on, but mm. jump on YouTube and search it. It was the fascinating thing to watch. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and uh, yeah, they, they've got a few little smart things that they've uh, they've announced uh, recently. Also, that you'll be able to pull up to uh, not quite a gas station, but a you know a recharging station, and uh, a, a basically a robot will uh, will change the batteries for you. So one of the issues with electric cars in the past has been to you know to recharge, you've got to sit there and you know wait X number of you know hours or half an hour for a super quick charge, etc. And with this, you'll be able to pull in and drive out. And the uh, the video they had it had online uh, recently uh, showed that it was actually quicker than what it takes uh, typically to uh, to fill up uh, a vehicle with a big gas tank. Um, so you'll just be able to drive in. It'll it'll do it for you. Uh, but that is us for uh, for this week. Now, guys, where do we find you uh, online, uh, Paddy? You're on on Twitter. So I'm on Twitter at Paddy Buckley. Uh, Quickflix is uh, also on Twitter at QuickflixNZ and uh, online, obviously, uh, QuickFlix.co.nz and on about four or five million connected devices around. New Zealand nice very cool uh, you can find me on Twitter I'm just Nate on Twitter and I also blog on GeekZone and you can find my blog or under our company one which is blog.3bit.com goes to the same place excellent excellent and you can track me Paul Spain uh, at uh, Paul Spain on uh, on Twitter and my GeekZone blog is uh, is techjungle.com and you can of course uh, find the NZ Tech Podcast at nztechpodcast.com uh, we're also on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus so uh, love to catch you in those places and uh, yes would be very much appreciated if you would uh, spread the word around about the New Zealand business podcast uh, but hey thanks everyone for listening we'll catch you on the next one see ya <laughs>